Benvenidos and welcome to the Platform Latino podcast where we profile, highlight, and bring to the airwaves the successes of our community and those helping us to get us there. I'm your host, Osvaldo Valdez, and I'd like to thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Today we have Daniel Reyes, aka Drop D. He is a Bolivian recording artist, published author, and overall great person making heartful, catchy, and passionate music. Welcome, Danny, or Drop D. <laughs> Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I just want to say hi to everybody that's listening. And, and again, special thanks to you, Aussie. Thanks, thanks, thanks. So, do you want to be referred to as Drop D or, or Danny or? We can do Danny. Danny's right. good. So All we right. can make it personal, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so Danny, like, tell us a little bit about your history and your, your upbringing. Perfect. Yeah. So I was, uh, you know, I was born in uh, La Paz, Bolivia. Uh, La Paz is the highest capital in the world. It's about 11,000 to 12,000 feet above sea level. So uh, sometimes when you go to Bolivia to the capital, people have to be received with uh, oxygen mass. They say the people that are born there have bigger lungs. Uh, and so just I was born there, had a great upbringing. Um, my dad, he's from the United States, but he's a second generation Bolivian. Okay. And my mom is from Bolivia. so they met here. My mom was studying in, in the United States. I live in California right now. And uh beautiful country. It's a beautiful country, but like every country in South America has its political turmoil. You know, it has its, uh, its stereotypes, you know, about the, the narc narco industry and stuff like that, but it's a beautiful country. I had a great upbringing. You know, if you can make money in Bolivia, then you live very well. You know, but many of my friends lived in very big houses, you know, with maids and stuff like that. But it's also a very poor country, you know, and so uh, thankfully, like I said, I had a very nice upbringing. Uh, both of my parents raised us very well and try to instill in us many virtues, you know, like like they do in our in our Latin American countries and try to make us a jack of all trades, you know, search our passions in, in education, music, like you said, with, uh, you know, me writing my book and everything. And so. That's that's a little bit about me. Awesome, awesome. And you were born in Bolivia, you said, right? Yeah, yes. Born in Bolivia. But ever since I was a kid, since my dad is an American citizen, I had both citizenships. Oh, so you so very grateful. Born. Yeah. Now I've kind of lived half of my life in Bolivia, like my, my childhood, like age one to 15 over there and then 15 to 30 over here. Oh, wow. That, that must have your, your your formative years, you know, teenage years. <laughs> He's yeah. in the States. And Bolivia is the one that has like two capitals, right? Like Sucre and La Paz. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm from La Paz and people call it the capital, but it's really just where the political like the political uh, 
Yeah, it, it's like, like the they call yeah. It, yeah, it's where the government is, but it's not the capital. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, like I think, and I one I had a friend that did like a documentary. I believe it was Bolivia, like the indigenous people, and they're they're always fighting with like the the people that are in power and trying to get their rights. So so I'm sure it's like been a, a hodgepodge of of different um socioeconomic classes and it's and crazy, man. Yeah, it's it is. It's crazy, just like government, how unstable it's been. I think Bolivia has only been a country for way less than the United States has. And it has, I think, three times or four times more presidents than the United States has had just, you know, dictators <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's yeah. crazy. It's, it puts the value on stability, you know, and like. Just, oh, uh, for sure. For sure. Time. You grow up in Bolivia, you know, not knowing some days, you know, if, if there's going to be a president or if there's going to be water or electricity and, and you kind of get used to those things. You know, you tell people about that and they they. They say, oh, I never want to visit Bolivia. But again, it's a beautiful country. And while you're there, you're kind of used to it. You know, it's like Latino problems in a way. Yeah, yeah. They 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 find a way. Like I'm Cuban and Puerto Rican. And you yeah. know, people talk about Cuba and they're like, oh, they have the best doctors. I go, yeah, they have the best doctors. But if you need an operation, you got to bring your own supplies because they don't have anything <laughs> to, to do the operation for. With. Exactly. So, so they know how to do it. It's just they don't have the tools to. So, you know, there's always the technology. Like, yeah, the technology and just uh just the like basic gauzes and you know they ran out of toilet paper not too long ago so it's, yeah uh, it's, it's... I, I actually read about that My, the the bolivian president that was there for a while uh evo morales mm -hmm. was very good friends you know with the whole castros and and maduros and everything and so he was bringing a lot of doctors from cuba to bolivia to train our do our doctors too yeah they i think they did that the same with like venezuela and way yeah. back when in, in africa yeah but um yeah, no, when I was reading a little bit about you, I noticed you graduated with a biology degree and then yeah. then you went on to write a book and now you're a recording artist. Like, like what, what like spawned that? And, you know, like because I have many hobbies and many likes and stuff. And, um, you know, I find that interesting how people maneuver from one to the other and just kind of like what are some of like the interchangeable skills from from one to the other? And and why didn't you stick with your career in biology? Sure. Yeah. So ever since I was a kid, you know, I've been very creative. And so ever since I was 13, I've been doing music and I thought I always had an aptitude for it. Uh, when I was 13, I started in a rock band with my siblings, actually. And so my, I, I would play the drums and sing. And then my uh, older brother would play the guitar and then my younger brother played uh, the bass. And so ever since we were we were kids, we, we would do music. And, but we also always had were instilled, like I was saying, by my parents to have a backup plan, you know, and so mm -hmm. I went to school to, to study biology. I actually wanted to become a dentist, <laughs> but I did work, you know, for uh, after I graduated in the biotech industry, which is very big here in California. I worked for two biotech companies, but I didn't like it very much. I didn't like the environment. It wasn't my passion. Um, and then again, I, I went more to study biology so I could become a dentist. But then at the end, I changed my mind. Uh, also because of student loans, student loans are like crazy nowadays where you're in debt and then to go to dental school, um, and you know, you're just getting more in debt after keeps that adding up. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> keeps adding up. And so, um, at the time I decided not to do it. And, and here, here we are with music. I, again, with my book, with my music and everything, I've always just considered myself a jack of all trades and, and 
a person that likes to do different creative things and I kind of get sick of doing just one thing. Mm-hmm. But but this music thing is the one thing that's always been constant. Gotcha, gotcha. And like what like you're working in the biotech industry, like what kind of like clicked and you're like, I need to get the hell out of here. Like <laughs> this is not my calling. This is not what I you know want to do for the rest of my life. What was it like uh like an event that happened, or was it like you just read something? What what kind of really like kicked your butt into to getting to your creative purpose, basically? So it was a few things. For me, it was uh, that, that you're not doing much science, at least, you know, um, you know, I worked in a chemistry lab and, and basically the people that are doing the real science, this real science are the people that have PhDs. And so I would basically be the manager of a lab, but you're not doing much science. You're just doing more like cleaning, cleaning, you know, pipettes, cleaning, you know, tubes, and, and washing stuff. And the real science is really being done by people with PhDs and just the environment. I didn't, I didn't enjoy very stressful, mm-hmm. very, you know, very, very precise where you make one little mistake and, and that, you know, the, with a, a drug that you're, that you're um, working on and that could go into somebody or, you know, it, it's very political too. You know, if, if you do something wrong, then it has to go through quality control oh. and then it has to go through your manager and then it has to go through, you know, the lab manager. And so not much, you're not doing much science. And at the same time, it's not, you're not really contributing to much. That, that, that was my frustration. Yeah. But like, what was the, so you got frustrated and every, a lot of people, like I, I get frustrated. I'm, I work as an accountant, <laughs> but, but like, it hasn't kicked me into to doing like actually pursuing other interests or passions because, um, I, I, I forgot who said it, but like, I'm a slave to the paycheck basically. Yeah. But like, you know, being a musician or, or an author, you know, it's very creative like outlet, but it's also very independent. And, um, so like, like what gave you the confidence to, to make that jump? Yeah. And so, I mean, while I was doing biotech, I was always writing songs, maybe not actively promoting my music or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I, I don't know if you know the story of, you know, KFC and how it was created, you know, where this guy, uh, Colonel Sanders, he was basically kind of going from job to job. And then when he was 40 or I think 50, he just always had this constant thing, this this chicken recipe that he had, you know. And so that's kind of the way I, I try to tell it to people that this constant thing that I had was music and people, you know, always love my music, you know, and family are always going to try to support you as much as they can. But also there's that stigma, you know, that you can't make much mu- uh, money with music or anything like that. But I've, n- I've never been one to, you know, let haters bring me down. And so it's it's uh, th- that's kind of the way it was. It was very natural. Just one day I, I said, you know, the one thing that I think makes me special, makes me unique that I love doing is music. So I'm just going to go for it. And I've been I've been going for it uh, with this new project, Drop D, since February of this year. But in doing different musical projects ever since I was 13. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. Cause like, I like music. I listen, I don't, I sing to myself, but I'm not, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't get on any vocals, but, but it's also, it's, it's awesome to see somebody that's made the jump and actually pursuing something that they've always had, you know, a passion and desire to do. Now, do you, you. is there, is there any like skills you learned while working in the biotech industry that you use today like that, that kind of transferred over into the music industry? Yeah, I think that precision, you know, even in music, mm-hmm. there's that precision. 
but but uh, more so than than in the biotech industry, I think I, I learned uh, just being a professional, you know, having a degree, you know, there's there's way of, of uh, you know, presenting yourself very professionally. And that's what I try to do. You know, I try to represent us Latinos, you know, us Bolivians in, in the United States. And, and, and again, break all stereotypes because sometimes they want to put us Latinos in, in, you know, in a box and mm -hmm. say you have to do certain uh, things a certain way or you have to be a certain profession or, or even there's that stigma, you know, that, that, that we're not very educated and we want to show that it's, it's the other way around, you know, and, and that we do things professionally uh, in the music industry. You know, a, a lot of people don't even work with you if you don't have a manager and I'm kind of managing myself right now, I'm looking for a manager, but they don't want to work with musicians because usually musicians, you know, are very unprofessional, you know, they they have yeah. to be, but, but I try, I, I try to be the opposite. I try to be professional. If somebody wants to do a collaboration with me, uh, you know, I try to be on time, punctual, try to do it really quick at home. I have my little recording studio. And so um, I try to be a Jack of all trades. And, and do things as, as best as possible and, and represent for me, you know, and, and also for, for my people. Yeah, definitely. We have to be an example for, for the people that come be behind us as well as that, that yeah. are watching us. You know, we, we got to be those positive role models. Now, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned the Bolivian part again. Like, yeah, I don't personally meet a lot of Bolivians like on a day to day basis. And, you know, I feel like sometimes they're not as talked about as like other Latin Latino origin countries. Like what way, why do you think that is? And I think it's because it's a very small country. It's, it's the, the poorest country in South America. And so you don't hear much about it again, just because it's, it's so small. It's also a, a landlocked country. And so there's no ocean. It's, it's funny. And a lot of people don't know, but Bolivia actually used to be the second biggest country in South America. So it's always been the biggest is Brazil. And then Bolivia used to be the second, but it's lost so many wars against, you know, it's, it's surrounding countries and they've taken away our, our, our richest countries, you know, like Brazil has taken away like the rubber creating area of the Amazon from us. And it used to be one of the richest, you know, Chile took away our whole coast. And so that, that used to be one of the richest areas. And so almost every country that surrounds Bolivia has taken away some territory. Um, but again, it's, it's just it's, it's just such a poor country. And, and you know, we're so few people. I think the, the population of Bolivia right now is about 10 million people. And so it's, oh, it's wow. kind of a unique thing to be Basically from Bolivia. New York, yeah, the size of yeah. New York. <laughs> That's the exactly. Country. Exactly. Wow. And, and so, it, I mean... I think there's a lot of talent, a lot of, you know, promise that is coming out from Bolivia, mm -hmm. but it's just, uh, I don't know, us Bolivians, we're not very good at marketing ourselves and, and, but, but they're, but we're trying, we're trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have to start from somewhere. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, like, what are like stereotypes of Bolivians or like, what are Bolivians known for? Like that, you know, personally that not endorsing stereotypes, but like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. No, it, it the biggest stereotype is the nar narco industry. If you watch almost ed anything uh, like Netflix series or even, you know, Scarface, if you've seen Scarface, mm -hmm. he, he, that's where he gets his drugs from, from Bolivia. Oh. He goes to Cochabamba in, 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 the, in the movie. And so it's, it's known for that. And again, it is, I mean, I think Bolivia is like the third biggest cocaine producing country in the world. And, and the Bolivian president that was there for 12 years, he kind of, not endorsed it, but kind of looked the other way. And so 
Bolivia was actually the economy a few years ago was doing really well be, just because of that narc industry. Mm-hmm. And, and the same way, the same reason why the, the Mexican economy does well is, you know, people come to flee the country and then start sending money back, you know, with remitt- remittances and stuff like that. But I would say, unfortunately, that's the biggest, the mm-hmm. biggest stereotype. The other stereotype is, you know, llamas, the llamas oh. in, in Bolivia. <laughs> so people think that, you know, that that in, in Bolivia, people have, you know, llamas like pets, you know, like dogs and stuff like that. Tell us the truth. So how, I can many, tell how many you... did you have? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never had any because they spit. Uh, <laughs> they no, spit but, like but, fire lines like hot lines <laughs> yeah exactly no exactly they're the like the dragons of the andes you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that's true because you always see those pictures with like the i don't know if it's just called a sarape but like that and like yeah. in the mountains it's kind of similar yeah to and, exactly and, just like the sarape yeah yeah exactly yeah. and so you see that with the like little the hats on the side right the yeah, yeah but it, it's also very rich in, in culture you know it's it's one of the biggest folkloric uh destinations it's it's beautiful because it has the andes mountains you know the incas the incas mainly were in like uh, peru and bolivia and so there are a lot of like ruin inca ruins mm-hmm. um in in bolivia then you also have um a, i don't know if you've heard of the el salar de uyuni oh el yeah uyuni. i always wanted to go yeah it, it it it's beautiful you know the biggest salt flats they've been filming a lot of movies there i think they did like the star wars one of the last star wars movies over there um and and so it, it's a beautiful beautiful country very rich but also not not without its turmoil and and, and not without its its good and bad things i guess definitely definitely and then like do you, do you ever take any of that folkloric like maybe your origins from from like bolivians past and mix it into your music or it ha- has that influenced you in any way yes definitely I'm, I'm glad you asked that because that's something that i'm actually doing more with my songs now mm-hmm. uh the first song that i have on on my debut album is called dale and it is a mixture of Boliv- a bolivian folklore with like regga- reggaeton and so i am trying to do that more i am trying to become more unique there's an artist in Bolivia right now that's uh, that he's kind of doing very, very well in Bolivia and he's tr- starting to um, kind of branch out and uh, he's been doing that. He's been doing kind of a mixture. And and this is an idea that I've had for, for a while, but I've just not not marketed it as much, but it is something that I am doing. And there are a few unique Bolivian instruments. The, the charango, I actually have a charango. I should have brought it, but... Mm. It's it's kind of like a ukulele, but it's a beautiful instrument, um, and and I'm trying to make more music with it. Awesome, yeah. No, I think that would be a cool idea to. I, I'm personally like l- trying to learn more about like the Taínos and Santeria, yeah. and like j- there's not a lot out there, you know, that's like published history because like the the colonists kind of killed most of them out. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it, it's like a personal thing, like just to try to learn and kind of get back to like the the ancestors and see see yeah know, and channel that as well as market it not market it for commercial purposes but you know just to get it out there so people more people are aware of it yeah it's always good to learn too mm-hmm. i was gonna tell you too kind of the uh cuban connection uh w- with bolivia that y- you know who uh che guevara is right yeah yeah he i think he died there right yeah, exactly. That's the, yeah, exactly. So he, he was killed in Bolivia. So his idea, right, was to, to start uh, communism in the heart of, Boli- of South America, which is Bolivia, and then like expand from there. 
And so Bolivia has always been, uh, it, it kind of, I mean, it has a socialist government right now, but it's always been very anti, you know, communism and socialism. That's kind of where it goes to die. And, and, you know, when Che Guevara was in Bolivia, he started his revolution there and he was actually killed there by, by the Bolivian president at the time. And so that's, that's also like another thing that Bolivia is kind of known for. Yeah, because I think I read a while ago, like Castro exhumed the bones from over there to bring them to yeah. Cuba. And, and yeah. it was a big, a big ordeal for them. But yeah, exactly. It was. Now, now, like I, I've always wondered, like the process of making a new song, like I, sometimes I hear songs and I'm like, did they record the beat and then somebody raps to it? Or did they come up to, with a rap or, you know, lyrics and then built the beat to fit the lyrics? Yeah. So everybody is a little different. Thankfully, I've always had that, you know, aptitude where I can do a song very quickly. Like I can finish the beat, you know, in like 20 minutes. And it's so easy to make music nowadays, you know, with so much technology, you know, programs and instruments and, and, and synthesizers and stuff like that. So usually my process, at least for making music is, yeah, I usually do the beat first. And so I, I usually try to start with like a, a catchy, you know, bass line and, and then add the drums. And so that, that's the cool thing nowadays that I even have, you know, like you can see in the background, I have a drum set. I learned how to play many instruments. And so um, you, you can, you know, record things separately, you know, like if you play drums, first you play the drums and then you play the guitar, then you play the bass. And so a lot of people think that you go into the studio and it's kind of like the old days, like with the Beatles that the, you know, you all have to play it at the same time and get that perfect take. But nowadays, like it's so easy to just make music and record them separately. And then at the very end, you usually do the vocals. Right. And so mm -hmm. vocals and then backup vocals and, and stuff like that. And the way that I do vocals is, is while the song is playing, you just hum nonsense at first and you, you have an idea what, what, uh, you want the song to be about but you start humming nonsense and stuff like that that would fit the song and then you little by little start adding you know uh lyrics and you want to make i try to make my songs as catchy as possible i was seeing a documentary the other day on netflix about you know you know catchy songs that the you know like uh nsync did or you know mm -hmm. like the backstreet boys and stuff like that and a lot of times their lyrics don't make any sense but they're the catchiest lyrics <laughs> you know that you've ever heard like in that documentary the guy from one of the guys from uh the backstreet boys says like you know until this day i don't know what i want it that way means you know i want it <laughs> that way and like, I want what this way, you know, we just came up with that because it was catchy. And if you <laughs> listen to the lyrics, of the song, it just makes no sense. And sometimes that happens, but I also try to make, uh, you know, like creative lyrics and, and, and stuff like that. And, and, and I, I definitely think that that's how my, my education helped me, you know, trying to make witty, witty stuff, witty lyrics. Yeah, no, I, I sent I sent your um your, your like your Spotify pay, playlist and your, your, your songs to, to some of my friends that, are more ingrained with a reggaeton and, and that kind of <laughs> genre. And they're like, wow, he has passionate. Like you could tell in, in your lyrics that you, you, you feel it. You're not just rapping to rap or you're not singing Thank to you. sing. So they 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 said that it was very passionate and um real, Thank like you. deep and stuff. So it's definitely like um a process, you know, and, and that it's, it's, I, I encourage everybody to look, you know, look you up, drop D on Spotify and you're, you're on all the media things too, I think on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Yeah. And 
now now who what's one artist that like inspires you that kind of is your muse or you know somebody you look towards and you you know you look to as a role model there's there's really so many like i again uh even when i say jack of all trades I, I like to think that i grew up with all sorts of music again when i when i started in music i was in a rock band my dad you know growing up in the united states was always into all these rock bands aerosmith you know metallica um, and even even Celia Cruz, I look from from Cuba. I love Celia Cruz. You know, she she I think she's such a, a pioneer and and uh, just being with my family over here. You know, my dad, every single time we get together as a family, you know, he he says, hey, hey, uh, Alexa, play play Celia Cruz. And so <laughs> we, we, we love Celia Cruz, you know, from from your, your neck of the woods over mm-hmm. there so many you know folk, different folkloric type of music from from bolivia but i'd have to say in the type of music that i do right now i love bad bunny i love j balvin you know da- daddy yankee which is yeah. you know from your neck of the woods too and the puerto rican um and, and that's a, in a way w- what we're trying to do you know is is to show that there's so much talent in our latin american culture but it's not not just in puerto rico not just in colombia it's also bolivia and 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 we're trying to unite it's, it's such a cool time to be a Latino nowadays, especially in music, because, you know, our artists are number one in the world right now. You know, Bad Bunny, I think, is the number one artist in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, J Balvin. And so it's it's really yeah, they, cool. They, to- they've had a resurgence, like, and then Maluma, I think, too, like a few years yeah. ago. Like, they all kind of came out of nowhere. Not nowhere, yeah. but now everybody from in any you know white black latino they're all singing their songs and, and going yeah. free. just I, I remember my friend was looking at bad bunny tickets and they're like thousands of dollars and you know you're on like crazy. a waiting queue for and you're like you're number four thousand in line yeah and exactly it, crazy yeah. i think i think his concert here in california in san jose is like it's not going to be until march of next year it, it got sold out the first week and, and there's ticket, there were tickets, like you said, $30,000. Yeah, and it's, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. I, know, and, I know some people that are flying from like Chicago to North Carolina because that's where they were able to get tickets. Yeah. And Maluma was here, I think a few nights ago too. I was going to go to the show just to promote my music, kind of give out, you know, mm-hmm. if you ask people to, you know, follow me on Spotify, but I didn't end up going just, we want the pandemic to die down a little bit, but yeah, but it's, I, I didn't want to go, but it, it's so exciting because it used to be, you know, all these Latin artists wanted to collaborate with, you know, artists like Justin Bieber and Drake mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But now it's kind of the other way around that you are all these American artists, you know, who are mainstream are, are yeah, wanting to collect. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to collaborate with our artists. And, and, and so it's so cool. And like you said, it, it, it's so cool too, because you, you, you see people of, uh, all ethnicities you know singing you know despacito and stuff. <laughs> do, you, do you ever get bothered when you so see it's, it's like a cool time to be like yeah because i remember when drake did that one song that it was i, I don't know who it was with yeah. it might have been yeah but i was yeah. like okay drake stay in your lane like don't try to take our stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you ever feel the same way you're like hey you know you have bit. your own popularity like a little you, bit yeah definitely and even like artists like you know becky g mm-hmm. or even uh what's her name that the girl from disney channel that kind of does latin music now uh, she was dating justin bieber for a oh, while Selena Gomez. yeah even her i mean she has like latin roots and everything but but they're kind of you know becoming very popular in south america and, and they don't 
I mean, nothing against not speaking, you know, Spanish correctly or anything, but mm. but they're kind of just jumping on the bandwagon. And, and again, you could say that about me, too, that I'm jumping on the bandwagon, but I'm trying to do something different. They're doing kind of just the same thing, you know. And Yeah, they're just following the blueprint and people are writing the songs for them and they just exactly and, and perform. <laughs> exactly. And they don't I'm, I'm sure they don't even write their own lyrics, you know, because they have producers and yeah, people yeah. who write songs for them. And so it, it's 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 a little yeah yeah uh, it's always um they're always bringing something now i had a little yeah and, and in a way like you said it, it does bother a little bit but at the same time it's also a compliment i think yeah no definitely it, yeah because it, it brings out it brings the popularity up as well but it's um yeah. you know it dilutes the the up-and-coming artists yeah a bit. now when i when i was listening to your album me destino um i i kind of i like the i got caught on to the happier than me was oh. that like a love breakup song like who hurt you like <laughs> yeah a lot of the songs that i have on that album are, are very breakup ish and i was getting out of a relationship out of the time at, at the time and so a lot of the songs do talk about that but it's not not necessarily that experience it's been you know many many different experiences mm -hmm. and that song came as uh, i don't know if you've seen the the show on netflix a uh, rhythm and flow and so I auditioned for Rhythm and Flow for the second season, and it got cut because of the pandemic. Uh -huh. But I wanted to make a super catchy song where if I were to go and, and perform it in front of a lot of people, that I could have people singing to it. And so, um, you know, put your hands in the air if you if, uh, put your hands in the air if you if you're feeling lonely, you know, and so. Mm um that, that that's kind of where that came from and and again it's not one experience but it's kind of the experiences that i've had and and, and also talks about love quite a bit too i try to make uh, my songs a little more positive the lyrics not necessarily always talking about you know you know sex drugs mm -hmm. alcohol and stuff like that so do you ever like are you like in your emotions and you record songs and then you listen to them like weeks later and you're like whoa what the hell is going on in my head <laughs> all the time that was dark that was soppy that was emotional so all the times yeah and especially if you have like a loved one listen to it you know and, and or mm -hmm. if you have your girlfriend listen to it and you and she's like really you feel about you know you feel about me that way and i was like no it wasn't about you it just kind of like i was saying it was a catchy it was a catchy you know a yeah, lyric or yeah. or this you know it's just something that fit with the song or or you know you'll talk about something and and then you know my parents or my siblings will listen to it and they're like really you're, you're gonna you know <laughs> sing about that and and then sometimes it start you start second guessing yourself and again since i do my song so quickly usually when i when i do a song i try to finish it that day at least you know the basic the basics mm -hmm. of the song and so <laughs> definitely all the time <laughs> I, I listen to songs and, and I'll, I'll try to, you know, put the song in, and put it on um, on my phone so I can listen to it in my car and see what else to add to the song. And so sounds and different. Um, yeah, exactly. Too, really. Exactly. So def definitely something all the time that happens. And you mentioned you you play drums, but like what other instruments do you know how to play? I, I played trumpet in middle school, but I still cool. like whenever I see music, I still read it and do the the keys just so I kind of keep it fresh. But yeah, what what other um like instruments do you play? So uh, the instruments that I that I play the most are the guitar, okay, uh, the drums, the bass, and I play the Bolivian instrument that's kind of like the ukulele. That's called the charango. Okay. And it's a really, really cool instrument. I, I learned how to play it just on, on YouTube. I asked my mom last time she went to Bolivia to buy me one. 
So she brought one and, and um, I, you can learn so much nowadays on, on YouTube. And so I just started playing on that. And it, it, uh, if there are other instruments, I, I've always wanted to learn how to play the piano, mm -hmm. but I can kind of hold my own with the piano. I'm not, not very good, but, but a lot of my songs, I do add piano just so, you know. Um, yeah. And once you get, you kind of learn the, the, how the notes flow together on one piece of music, you can kind of, you know, use it to produce the music from with other instruments, especially with the keyboard, you can, you know, you can pick the trumpet function and just play the keys in it. Yeah. It's all. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So, yup. You, you hit it on, on the dot. And, and again, nowadays it's so easy to play music where, you know, you have a keyboard and on the keyboard each, you know, uh, you press, you, you press the keyboard and it's a different note. And so you can make things sound so beautiful. And then, you know, with technology, you can make it perfect. And so it's, it's, it's really, it's really cool. It's, it's really fun making music nowadays. And, and again, you can, you can make a hit from, from your garage, from, you know, from your laptop. So it's, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, definitely. I, I, my, one of my favorite artists is Kanye West. Um, oh, I love too, Kanye. I'm not too happy with this new album. It's like, it's hard to, to digest, but um. Yeah. Yeah, like he does the eight by is it an eight oh eight machine? Like he, yeah. like he built, he did the heartbreaks and eight oh eight song. Like um, I think he did it real quick in a, a quick session. Yeah, the one of my favorite songs is uh, what's it called? The Runaway, Runaway oh, yeah. from him. It's yeah. it's so cool how he plays it right live. You've probably seen it. Yeah, live yeah, no, I always. <laughs> it's yeah. so cool that you can do that nowadays. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, it's pretty. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, no, sorry. No, I, I, I love Kanye too. I, I, I haven't heard his new, uh, his new album, but I do have it as saved on my, on my Spotify so I can listen to it. So that's yeah. good. That I think I put it like while I was going to bed. So he got more listen time than, than Drake, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm a loyal fan, Kanye, if you're out there. <laughs> nice. Nice. I, I love Kanye too. And, and, and Drake, I did listen to a lot of Drake's new album, and I was a little disappointed with his new album, too. Yeah, a lot of people are like, if I wanted to hear Drake cry for two hours, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's how they describe that, that new album. Yeah, even a lot of my favorite Latin, uh, Latin artists have been like Jay Balvin came out with mm -hmm. a new uh, album a few days ago. And that was a little disappointing, too. Oh, really? And, and yeah, and, and even the best songs that are on the album have already been released, you know, uh, before. And so... Uh, Jay Balvin was and then Nikki Jam came out with a new album like two weeks ago and same thing I don't know like it, it was I mean it, it's not bad but it's it's kind of what just you know generic you know reggaeton where none of the songs really hit you and say like whoa that's a cool song I'm gonna play over and over you know definitely so like when you put an album together I know you just dropped a, a single like a week or so ago but like when you put an album together, do you like try to record the whole album or you just have like a bank of songs that you kind of piece together to 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 make the final product? Yeah, I, I try to, uh, you know, I have so many songs right now. Um, again, I've been kind of doing this project since the pandemic started, but I only released my album in February of this year. And so, yeah, so many songs uh, right now. I actually have like an album ready to go. Just like I have so many side, probably like 20, 22 songs that are ready to go and that I could release. But I, I think right now in music, it's it's a little smarter to just release singles. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's kind of what I've been doing every every um, aside from the album, the 12 songs that I released in February. I've been trying to do one single every few months and, and um, this new one and and 
that came out last last Friday. I've been trying to just promote one song at a time. And usually I try to pick the songs that fit the best. You know, again, I could have 20 songs, but maybe they're not, you know, they don't um, complement each other. Or maybe, you know, they're kind of ones out of left field, the other one out of right field. And so I do try to put some thought into the order of the songs and, and what songs are going to go into the album. The first album that I did have, I did try to make, uh, um, you know, just a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you go listen to it, you know, it has like a little, just a little bit of everything. It has, you know, the, like kind of the happy reggaeton. It has, you know, like a little darker reggaeton. It has, you know, like happier than me, which is kind of like a trap song. And so I did try mm -hmm. to mix and show people just my different ranges. Yeah, yeah, definitely the the variability and like what you your 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 knowledge, you know, it doesn't it's not yeah. one little niche and one little hole. Yeah. And, yeah. And then why like so you just released Quedate, Quedate Conmigo? Like yeah. why did you choose that one over the other songs that you have? So Quedate Conmigo, it's actually a Spanish version of the song Stay. And the, so the, the song Stay by uh, the Kid Leroy with Justin Bieber. Right now, it's the number one song in the world. I think it's been the number one song. Uh, if you go to any any social mm -hmm. media, people are playing it like crazy. And so um, I wanted to make a Spanish version of it. I know many artists that have become, you know, very popular with their Spanish versions of songs. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make it a, a, a reggaeton version for a lot of people to, to listen to i know in bolivia it was a very hot song too and so it, it's cool because people don't know the lyrics or don't learn the lyrics because it's in english and so i wanted mm. to make a spanish version and it's been doing very very well very blessed very thankful to the support of, uh, of people the music video has been out for a week and i think it has like three hundred and fifty thousand views already on wow, youtube it's been added um onto one of amazon music's biggest latino uh uh, playlists and that that's a big accomplishment because a lot of uh, signed artists don't even get onto that playlist and so I, I've been trying to move mountains so people can listen to my music play my music the music industry right now is is you know you, you knocking on doors you know knocking on thousand doors mm -hmm. and hopefully they open one for you and so it's it's a nice accomplishment for for that uh, to happen to me um the, the playlist that it's on on Amazon Music is called La Semanal, La Semanal, and it's on, there's 50 songs on that playlist, and mine is number 19, Quédate oh, wow. Conmigo, please go, awesome. go listen, yeah, thank you so much, please go listen to it, um, and I don't know how long it's going to be on there, but it's been doing really well, and so just very thankful, it's also playing on on the biggest radio stations in Bolivia, we started a radio ca campaign over there, my last song, Sube, and mm -hmm. reach number four in Bolivia and so oh, wow. we're hoping this one will get to number one in in Bolivia and and I'm actually going to check today because uh, every Monday they they have uh they have the those oh the new they rankings. have like the rankings yeah rankings. wow that's that's awesome and like did the pandemic help you like focus on like just your music and like remove all because like everybody was at home stuck at home pretty much for for all of 2020 like did that inspire you did you like produce more than you normally would have or yes yes definitely it did focus me uh trying to you know keep busy while you're on lockdown here and so mm -hmm. i i dedicated to to making music and promoting my music that's the cool thing about being an artist nowadays is that you have to know a little bit about everything and and you're able to do a little bit of everything with you know social media 
all these different digital platforms with your little recording studio at home. And so uh, thankfully I was able to do that. And, you know, it, it's like any business, you, you invest some, a lot of money at the beginning and hopefully little by little by little, you start making money out of it. And so that's something I'm, I'm still trying to do and, and, and just mm -hmm. promote my music every way you can. The big thing nowadays is, um, is this thing called uh, sync licensing. Okay. So that's something I've been trying to get into. Sync licensing is basically selling your songs so uh, to movies, to uh, shows, oh. to commercials and stuff like that. And so the other cool thing is that, you know, a few weeks ago, I got signed to two uh, sync licensing labels. Uh, and so hopefully my songs will be in movies and, and Netflix series, HBO series very soon. That would be awesome to, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you can have a little viewing party and say, hey, that's my song. In the back. Yeah. Yeah, I have a buddy, one of my good buddies who, um, you know, told me to, to submit my music to these two record labels and he's been doing music. Uh, he, he, he's quite a bit older than me, but mm -hmm. he told me to submit my music to these two labels. And he said it's very hard to get in with them. But but if you do get in with them, then they they get your, you know, his his songs have been on, you know, over six, like 67, you know, series. He's been on like HBO series, True Blood you know, Nicolas oh. Cage movies. And, and so it's really cool because they, they don't sign you unless they think they can make a lot of money out of you and, and, or make a lot of money with you. And so, uh, and that's you very exciting. Like, do you get perpetual royalties or is it like a one-time? Yeah, both. Oh, exactly. Wow. So, so it's cool. A, yeah. That's yeah. A... So they negotiate the deal on your behalf. And so it's usually, uh, they sell your song uh, for, for, a, for a price. And then, and then you also get quarterly royalty. So it is a nice steady paycheck. And again, like if you, if you're like my friend who has, you know, over 60 something songs on music on, on different, you know, shows. And if the show does really well and he's constantly getting quite a, quite a bit of money. And, and he said, it's hard to get in with them. Um, and, and it does take a while for them to sell your song because movies take a while to make and everything. Mm -hmm. But he says that it, they don't sign you unless they, they think, that they can make quite a bit of money from you. And so it was very encouraging to be signed to, to those uh, two, you know, companies and hopefully, hopefully soon we'll have, we'll have our songs on. on, on oh, that's that awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at a movie company and like for, for a few cool. months and they showed and it's like a waterfall of all, all the people, you know, they pay for the initial rights and then, you know, it's like half a percentage of something, you know, they, they pay yeah. out all these people, but it, you know, the movie, if, if it's like a cult classic or something that, you know, everybody's watching for for years to come then that's just money that's you know coming in every day you know yeah. that, that for a song you made 20 years ago you know looking yeah exactly i know i'm i'm super excited to it's always been a dream of mine to, to do that and even with the book that i wrote the book that i wrote i tried to pitch it to, to many uh you know filmmakers and nothing ever came of it but they enjoyed my book you know and it's cool i, I sent it to many you know, uh, famous directors and, and a lot of times they, they won't accept it or they'll send it back because it's unsolicited, you know, material, oh, but yeah. a lot of them kept it, you know, and I never really heard back from any of them, but it, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's always cool to produce something, like make something like, and then send it out there and, and hope yeah. it catches on, but at least, you know, somebody out there enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, if nothing comes from it, I mean, at least you, you did it, you know, you have no regrets. So, 
No yeah, regret. like like uh, no regrets. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I do many spreadsheets and I send them out and they, I don't get any feedback. But like when you do something that you really love and you're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> so it's uh, not not yeah. not comparing my spreadsheets to your music, but no, but it's, no, it's I, I completely feel you. I and and again, I've been part of corporate America, and and even after I was going to mention to you, even after I worked for the biotech ind- industry. I work for a company called Sintas. We made uniforms. So I've been in, you know, sales. I've uh, so many things. And I know all the politics of, and, and, you know, you've worn many. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get out of this corporate jungle. But um, if you were able to go back to your 13 year old self, what advice would you give that you know now that you wish you knew at 13? So I would have, I would have recommend, I would have told Daniel back then to to take music as as a career but also at the same time see it as a business and so that has helped me so much because back then I was all about you know when when you're a kid you know you make music because you want you know girls to see you or Mm -hmm. you know you want you want to be popular or you want people to sing your lyrics but the only way that you know people are going to sing your lyrics in a big crowd or sing your music is if you you take it as the business you know about marketing you know, about branding. And so I, I kind of would have wished that I would have been, you know, invested more money in that. Cause even nowadays, if you, you know, talk to any big music producers, they say that the musical part is like mm. 2% and the rest is all promotion and the music video and getting it in front of the right people, you know, getting it on this channel, you know? And so that's, that's something that I would have definitely done, done a lot better. And I think, again, that's something that that is uh, helping me quite a bit now, even, you know, when I was a kid, um, if you do those sort of things, if you see it as a business, you know, especially in the music that I Mm. used to do, they would see it as being a sellout, you know, oh, you're a sellout because this and that. But I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I forgot where I heard it, but they're like, that's the whole point of it to sell out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. I'm I'm doing this because it's your passion, but you, you want it to, you want to be able to do more of it. So you need to sell what you've done. And selling out is not a bad thing because you're you're actually, you know, if you start like singing other people's songs or like stealing people's music, you know, that yeah. I feel is worse kind of like um, viewpoint than than selling out. You're selling out me just means you're making a good product. So I, c- I completely agree. Couldn't agree, agree <laughs> more. But again, when you're a kid, you, you don't think that way. And I remember I had sort of that mentality. But also when you're a kid, you don't have that much money to invest in yourself, you know, and mm-hmm. you kind of have your parents that, you know, they'll buy you your, your first drum kit and this and that, but it's expensive to promote your music. And as a band, you know, you have to go touring, you have to buy, you know, like, uh, like not a tour bus, but you have to buy like a trailer and you need all these expensive instruments and, and, and amplifiers. And so it, it does get expensive and you're competing with people who, who have just as much as talent as you, you know, in, in, in California where like most of them, and, and, and I know you live in New York, right? So like where most of the music is done. So it, it is tough, but I, I going back, I, I would have definitely tried to invest more in, in that, in the promotion and all that stuff. Gotcha. And then like, <laughs> just one final question. Um, what's like a mantra or like statement that you, define or like keeps your 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 drum you know the beating and keeps your motivation up that you you know keep, like the that thing that kind of drives your passion what's your purpose that that mantra that statement that you repeat in your head to just kind of get up and get going and actually produce more music 
the two things that I think the most are is trying to change the music scene. Again, I'm trying to make, you know, reggaeton, this urban music so that everybody can listen to it, you know, not just talk about the same themes again, a drug, sex, alcohol. That's one big thing. I want to make positive music. I want everybody to be able to enjoy it. And the other thing is just being different. One thing that, you know, I heard all the time and, and, and that always resonates with me is that most musicians nowadays, they get into music because they like, you know, Bad Bunny or mm -hmm. J Balvin and, and they have some talent, you know, they say, oh, I can do exactly what J Balvin is doing. I can do what, you know, um, Nikki Jam is doing. I, but they should be saying I can do it better. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I can do it differently. They say that, you know, imitation is suicide. And so I'm trying to, you know, I'm not saying I'm completely original or anything, but I'm trying to do something a little different. And so uh, just that trying to be unique, different. The other day I talked to a record label executive and, and I showed him my music and he said, oh, you, you need to, you know, you need to, um, you know, in a few years I could see you becoming popular, but you need to start, you know, uh, thinking what music is going to be like a few years from now and, and do that. And I was like, but I don't, I don't want to do what other people are doing, mm -hmm. you know? Or, and so I, I, and I told him, you know, I hope, I, I think that in a few years people are going to be doing what I'm doing, you know, mm -hmm. and I, hopefully, you know, but, but that mentality of you need to do a certain type of music or if, if you don't sound like Nikki jam that, or if you don't sound like this other singer that, you're not going to make it. I think that that's kind of stupid. And I think, again, you should be trying to fuse all these different types of music and, and make, make yourself unique. Yeah. Be original and you pave your own path and be authentic. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And, and at the same time, there's, there's so many people, right. That like so many different types of music, you know, mm -hmm. you might not like my music. This other person might love it, you know, and, or, and so it, you know, just be you do you, you know, and that sounds cliche, but it's, it's, no, it is true. It's, it's true. true. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, no, thanks so much, um, Danny. Like, how if people want to follow you more, I know, like, where where can they find you? And if you just want to throw out your handle so that people yeah. can follow. Thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate all your time. And for those that are listening, we're gonna make a, an awesome song for this podcast. And and that that's a promise, and we're gonna get it done. And with uh, with Osvaldo, we're, we're going to be brainstorming what what sort of song and, and what what themes to go into the song. But please, everybody go uh, support a Latin up and coming Latin artist. Uh, we're just growing and growing on all social media. I'm uh, you can find me as drop D baby, drop D baby, uh, growing like crazy on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. So please, please go support. And, and thank you so much. Yeah, and watch his videos on YouTube as well, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll include all the links in the in the um, in the blog post. But thanks so appreciate much, Danny, it. and I, I wish you the best. And anything I can do to help, let me know. I I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a great day. Be safe and and, and bless God bless you, and and keep doing what you're doing because I know I know you, your podcast is very promising too. So thank you, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, hit subscribe and of course, follow us on IG, Facebook, and all their social media platforms at Platform Latino. That's P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-L-A-T-I-N-O. Thanks again and have a wonderful and inspired day.